Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, 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 Welcome to podcast episode number 847. We're the Fight Disciples. This is your boxing review show from the weekend just gone. Before we get stuck into it, you can subscribe to us via our website, fightdisciples.com. Every single audio feed under the sun is there. And we're also on YouTube as well, where we are growing very slowly, but we're getting there. So if you have an audio feed and you only listen to us and you, you think to yourself, I don't want to look at them guys. Listen, you don't have to look at us, but just go to YouTube, hit the subscribe button, and then that will hopefully boost our visibility to the rest of the world. And they'll go, hey, some dudes talking about fighting here. Let's go and get stuck into that. That'll help us. So please subscribe to us on YouTube. That's where we're trying to grow the most. All right. Um, and of course, if you do actually want to watch us, we're here every single week, reviewing, previewing, both boxing and MMA, getting stuck into all the big topics. And of course, every now and again, when there is a big news topic, we chuck a little video out uh, to uh, instantly react, of which you can react to via the comment section. It's dead good, that YouTube, isn't it? It's like a two-way thing. We say stuff, you say stuff, we react to your stuff. So good, man. Go get yourself stuck into it. Uh, good weekend, mate. Yes, fantastic weekend. I think obviously it was punctuated by just a completely new chapter revolution. Call it what you will in the world of UFC, but more of that on the MMA show, of course. But in terms of boxing, yeah. You know what? It was a bit of a weird weekend because we didn't get the big fight. Obviously, it was supposed to be Fury versus Usyk part one at the weekend. We didn't get that, of course, which meant that a lot of promoters saved their gunpowder. We didn't get that much action, but we did get a couple of good title fights from the other side of the Atlantic. And thanks to my mate, Rob Blundell, the uh, the ring announcer, I also stumbled across a central area title fight well worth reviewing and going back to. So I've got that coming up a little bit later as well. No, start, we'll start with it. Start with it. I want the I want the central area title fight right now. This this is the meat and drink. This is the grassroots. Where was yeah. it? It was in Liverpool, funnily enough. Um, and I'm mm. gutted now that I There's didn't a coincidence, eh? There's yeah, a coincidence. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That that literally is a coincidence, though. It was Leon Willings taking on Jake Barton. Now these two guys fought for the central area last year, I think it was, and Willings won by third round knockout. I seem to remember. I remember, I did. I didn't. I wasn't at the fight, but I seem to remember uh, <laughs> reading the reports. And he stopped them in the third round, and that was to win. Was it to win the central area? Maybe that wasn't the central area, but it was a ten rounder. Anyway controversy, whatever you want to call it. These guys get a rematch. The central area gets thrown into the mix. And, of course, Willings goes in as the favourites haven't won the first fight. And in round four in this fight, if you do go back and watch it, by the way, this is a Steve Wood show. You know, and we love Steve Mega. Wood on this show. We talked about Steve Wood an awful lot. He's one of the unsung heroes of this game, absolutely. He's one of these promoters that spends way more money on boxing than he ever takes back out. He's off TV shows but he streams them live on YouTube. Go and watch this fight and many others on VIP Boxing. There's all kinds of content on there. One thing I will say, Steve, if you're watching, mate, give us a shout because it sounded like your commentator was commentating from underwater. So I did watch it back, but I actually had to turn the sound down because it was literally worse than, you know, literally sounds like the guys underwater doing commentary. Regardless, the fight itself, go and watch it. I Willings got, won the... I got you're here to review a fight and you're pitching for a job. Is that No, no, I'm not pitching is for that, a job, Steve. Is that what you've just done? <laughs> what I'll do is, put it this way, the guy commentating would have been better off talking into his mobile phone. I don't know where he put his microphone. I don't know where he was doing the commentary from, but the audio was absolutely 
horrific. But regardless, I'm not going to care about that. I, just I, I, how are you going to fix it, technical? Listen, Grandad, what are you going to go? We're going to go with a couple of cables and plug it in. What are you going to do? <laughs> I'm sure I've got a microphone somewhere knocking about that you gave me one time. Right. Okay. So, yeah, anyway, anyway, on the fight. <clears throat> on the fight itself, as I say, he fought last year. Willings won by third round stoppage. We get a central area. We go, but we go again. Willings is obviously the favourite. Round number four is when the action absolutely hots up. Willings hits him with a massive hook. He goes down heavy. Jake Barton, and you think, oh, here we go again. A repeat of the first fight. But he gets back up, gets knocked down again, gets back up again. And from there, you think, well, it's just about Willings putting his foot down. But, mate, full credit to Jake Barton. The kid is fit as a butcher's dog. Cap keeps on going. Push, push, push. Pushed Willings all the way to the 10th round final belt. It was an absolute joy to watch. Central area title fights, southern area title fights, Midlands area title fights, English title fights. That's what we love on this show. These two guys, honestly, Willings and Barton especially, kid may never fight for a world title, but people will remember on the 17th of February 2024 when he left it all in the ring for the central area title. Nothing but praise, nothing but appreciation. If you have got a spare 20 minutes, half an hour today, absolutely worth going have a look. VIP boxing on YouTube, Willings versus Barton for the Central Area Light Heavyweight title. Brilliant. What a knock. Eh? Eh? And people have the audacity to refer to the fight disciples as casuals. Did you see that? Look at that, mate. You've come in all guns blazing. You forgot about world titles that were happening over the weekend. Not interested. We're that. starting in the central area, kids. Bank. Mega. Hmm. Um, did you watch that wrestling match that Giorgio Diaz was involved in? I did, unfortunately, yes. I mm. did. Uh, deducted a point, obviously, for uh, throwing his opponents to the canvas uh, in the fifth round. It wasn't the most attractive thing in the world, the whole fight. That is something that I'm not going to go and recommend to you to go uh, back and rewatch. Uh, nope. Finished in a split, uh, well, he lost. Uh, but what I wanted to bring up with you is that one, Judge had it 95-94 in his favour. So, therefore, they had it five rounds apiece. Obviously, the point deduction, uh, sorry, they had it 6-4 oh. uh, yeah. with the point deduction. Uh, that was the one that actually gave it to Judge Diaz. But another judge had it 99-90 on the other side. Hey, can't make it up if you tried, mate. You can, unfortunately. And, and, you know, that'll bring us to something a little bit later on regarding one of these government bodies and the latest proposals to iron out bad scorecards or, should we say, side towards the fighters they want to actually win the fight. But I feel exhausted after last year's campaign and last year's naming and shaming that we did, picking out these judges. Do, do you want... Should I do it again? Because this guy makes the list, obviously. Do we do it again? Do you want me to do it again? Do we, do we want to keep raising a spotlight on these weekly bloody horrific cards? Or do we just need to ch try and move forward and write it off? I don't know. I don't know. The list is... I can start the list again for 2024 if you want. Are we surprised, nah. though? Nah. Are we surprised? Yeah. Once again, judges are writing their scorecards before fights start. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Not the greatest fight in the world. That was on a Thursday night. Uh, yep. Jojo Diaz against Jesus Campos. Um, well done to Campos. He ended up getting his hand raised. Jojo Diaz just doesn't look like the same guy that was once upon a time world champion in weight divisions below. Um, one, th one thing that I am interested in, Friday night, there's two fights on Friday night and they're both well worth chatting about. We'll start, we'll start with Oshaki Foster and uh, Abraham Nova because I actually think the better fight is Curiel against uh, Nod Singer. I'll, I'll come to that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, but Oshaki Foster uh, and Abraham Nova for the WBC Super Featherweight uh, Championship. I tell you what, it's becoming um, a little bit of a trademark now of Oshaki Foster's, isn't it? Tell you what, you crack on for six rounds. You crack I'll on. Have I'll have a go at the back end. Yeah? <laughs> I'm like, mate, surely you learned from the first fight. You can't just leave it to the back end of a fight to try and save it. Yeah, that's what Oshaki, that's what he does now. Well, Shaki Foster mm. only fights really. I, I said this is that's a little bit harsh because the first six rounds, I think he's split. I think if you come out of the first six rounds and you got it three apiece, there's not that much action. It doesn't kick off, does it, for the first six? No. And then it gets going. It starts warming up. They start having a bit of a do with each other. I know Shaki Foster does take over, but I genuinely believe. Do I genuinely believe that he needed the knockdown in the 12th to win it? 
Maybe not. Maybe I had it seven five. He, so he maybe did on the scorecards. He did on yeah. the scorecards. Yeah, but I, I probably had it seven five in, in, in his favor, and obviously with the extra point. If you have it six apiece, then obviously he'd, he'd win it off that. But blooming heck, he ain't half leaving it late, mate. His, mm-hmm. his management team in his corner must be thinking to themselves, are you going to start yet? What? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's entertaining. It, it, mate, it's massively entertaining. Obviously, last year he had one of the fights of the year with Rocky Hernandez and pulled it out the bag in similar fashion. That round 11 against Hernandez, we declared, was the best round of 2023. If his, his corner team must be like, right, okay, Bit of a straightforward defence here. Abraham No was a big puncher, but, you know, not really competed at this level before. First world title fight, first big 12 rounder, first time main event on TV, Madison Square Garden. It's a big moment for him. So what we'll do is Oshaki will make us a nice, comfortable defence tonight and we'll all be down Madison Square Garden having a nice little beer to celebrate later on. And you're right, Oshaki just did kind of coasted through the first half of the fight. And then Nova was like, all right, okay, I'm well in this then. This is absolutely my level. I'll have a go. Put his foot down. And I'll be honest, I thought Nova ran out of gas. I think those championship rounds, yeah. 10, 11, 12, he just ran out of steam. And then Oshaki Foster went, oh, shit, right, it's close, is it? Oh, okay, then. Right, there you go. Get over. Knocked him over in the well, 12th round. Well, it is one for you then, right? Because I, I was not told during the week, I'd read up during the week and then he, I think he referred to it in his uh, immediate post-fight interview about weight-cutting issues. Or Shaky Foster, the weight, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Stuff, yeah. So, has he gone into the fight thinking, if I dump my load in the first six here, yeah. I'm going to be the one that gasses down the back end because I've really, you know, I've crashed it, I've struggled it. So, did he pace it? So, did, has he done that on purpose? Has he gone, right, let's just have a look for six, let's navigate it and then I'll, I'll, I'll chuck the kitchen sink down the back end of the fight. Is that what he's done? And I find it absolutely amazing that you can be world champion. World champion. We're not talking central area now. We're not talking about guys that are back on the tools this week. We're talking about a world champion. Now talking about, I think I might get a nutritionist for the next camp. Yeah. You what? You haven't got one already? What's going on, man? You're a professional athlete. I understand it costs cash. I understand. But are you taking this seriously? What? Surely the nutritional aspect of this game is just as important as all the physical aspects that you put into the gym. Yeah. It, it was a really strange thing to say because, you know, I, lo- I know a lot of fighters, amateurs, MMA and boxing, they'll have nutritionists because rather like a sponsorship deal. There's a lot of people out there at the moment with nutrition businesses looking mm. to promote themselves that will quite happily jump behind young fighters coming through and go, okay, well, I'll look after your nutrition, do us a favor, post it on this and I'll retweet on my page, brings in business. So it, it, it's alarming that Oshaki Foster, an established world champion, making his second world title defense, still hasn't already taken the care of that that side of things. Mm. Very strange, very strange indeed. But listen, you know, I, we don't know the truth of that. Maybe that's just a way of masking over the fact that he he started slow. He left it late. Yeah, 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 he left it late and he pulled it out the bag. But you know what? I, I'd give him more respect if he went, mate. Tonight was a bad night. I had to dig it out. I had to come through it. And then I set a pace early on that Nova couldn't live with down the stretch. And that's when I took over. And for me, you know, not even for me, that knockdown in the 12th round. And it was a knockdown. Nova complained afterwards it was a slip, but he caught him. Well, Well, just on that, yeah, he did catch him. But it's Nova's team's fault. Did you not see what they did in between 11 and 12? They dropped a bottle of water on the bloody canvas, didn't they? The daft idiots, right? I say dropped. I say dropped. The man was gassing out. I'll tell you what, we can do an extra minute here. Chuck a lot of water over. Yeah. Let's get it all. Yeah, just one sec, ref. Yeah, yeah. What be a minute, ref? Yeah, yeah. Are you okay? Have you, have you got your breath back? One minute, yeah. ref. Yeah, yeah. Are you sound? Yeah. Three minutes now, mate. Oh, you've got to go for it now. Yeah, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> yeah. Tell you what, yeah, I'll give you another 30 seconds. We'll just mop this up. Come on, get on with it, mate. You've had three minutes. Just a little message to t- just a little message to team Nova. Don't use old men tricks that backfire in your face. <laughs> exactly, man. It is a is a couple of easy things you can do. One, soft shite drops the gum shield and it rolls under the ring. Fight won't continue until he gets his gum shield in. Two, undo the laces on his boots when the referee's not looking. Ref, just got to fix his laces here. Give us a minute. Three, just rip the tape on the back of the glove. Ref, just got to fix the tape on the back of the glove. Don't pour water all over the fucking canvas. Do you know what I mean? How the fuck is that going to help anyone? And then he slipped. Yeah, well, I say exactly. he slipped. He did, he did get clipped, but his feet, he got got, it, it was in that area. Yeah, so obviously, oh, mate. Absolute nightmare. For but, but, you know, regardless of how you had it or how, maybe I had it, 
Had that knockdown not occurred in the 12th, had that not been a 10-8 round in favour of Jackie Foster, mm. one judge would have given it to Nova, another judge yeah. would, <clears throat> would have scored it a draw, and the third judge would have had it in favour of Shaki Foster. So it would have been a draw. Uh, a draw. And OK, my, oh, Foster keeps hold of his belt, but then that gives Team Nova an absolute position to go, we want a rematch. So it's cost them. It's cost them pretty big. Can I because... just say, by the way, I actually think the judges were solid in this fight. I know we slag ju judges all over. I actually yeah. think all three, you can argue all three cards being bang on there. I actually think they got it right. Um, yeah, but one had it, one had it to, to Foster by four and one had it for Nova by one, even with the knockdown. You, you could see that. You, you, you still think Nova could have could have won it like one of these judges did? Yeah, going into the last round, I could see that Nova could have won that fight without the, without the knockdown being there. That's the point that I was trying to make. I actually thought he did right. really, really well. Yeah, he did do well. I, I had, To be honest, I had it going into the 12th. I was kind of like, I, I'd be lying if I said I was sitting there 10 9 in it all the way through. But I got into the last and I was like, fucking hell, this is all to play for, this. And then as soon as the knockdown came, I was like, okay, fucking hell. Oh, Shaki Foster's done it again. He's pulled yeah. it out the back again. That's how you do it. But I, I, if I was him, I'd, I'd be crowing about that. I wouldn't be going, well, uh, maybe I need a nutritionist. My diet was wrong. Yeah. My weight cut was wrong. Well, I'd be like, mate, that's who I'll I am. I'll get you. I'll I'm get the you. fucking boogie man. You think yeah. you're going to take my title? Boom. I hit as hard in the 12th as I do in the first. I'd sell myself on that because that drives more fear into people than going. Because now I'm like, kid struggles at the weight. So every time now you're like, right, if we get old Shaki Foster, make him travel, you know, keep him up late, blah, blah, make it difficult for him to make weight because we know he struggles at the weight. Whereas if he'd have just gone, hey, on my worst night, I still pull knockdowns out the bag in the 12th. That's who I am. I'm a fucking killer. And I'd be like, oh, shit, don't fight him, man. He's as dangerous in the first minute as he is in the last minute. So I think they've missed the trick here, man. Sometimes these guys are a little bit, a little bit too honest or maybe don't see the wood for the trees, but... Yeah. Anyway, solid defense for Foster. Where he ranks in this super featherweight division, I still don't know. You know what? Wh who have you got in your? Because it's it's a funny little division at the moment because the glamour, with all due respect, the big name value seems to have left this weight division now. And obviously Navarrete, who I would say is probably the best super featherweight on the planet, my number one. He might He's leaving this division, isn't he? He's he might, going. Yeah, he is going. He is going up. But yeah, he, uh, he the noise around him is that he's. He hasn't committed, committed. He's, he's been given an opportunity, hasn't he, by a sanctioning body to go up and have a, a, have a dance uh, for the belt above. If he's successful, and I imagine him to be so, then they probably will try and push him towards Shakur, maybe, as some type of unification. I don't know, right? But he hasn't said, I'm going, going. So he might come back. You never know. Mm. But I agree with you. It looks like he's going because he's, yeah. he's getting an opportunity to fight for a title in the weight division above. So it just means this weight division now, you know, Shaki Foster's, your Joe Cordina's, yeah, uh, Rakimov obviously is still around there. Lamont Roach has got one version of the belts, I think. They're all, with all due respect to Joe Cordina, and obviously, you know, from a British fight fan position, he's he's a superstar. But on a global scale, there's no real big name there. There's no big marquee fighter. Navarrete, for me, was the name in this weight division. I think what they've got to do is Foster, Roach, you know, Lara's up at this weight division now, even though we'll come on to him. He draw, do it the weekends. Um, Rakimov, these guys have got to bring them belts together. We've got to see some unifications. Yeah, it, it is a difficult division to get extremely excited about regarding unifications because I don't see where the big monster fight is. There's other fights that I've spoke yeah. about, isn't there, that maybe people just shifting weight just a touch in order to make a big one. For example, Joe Cordina, I think, and we're going to be biased, he's a sensational fighter. But here in the UK uh, and Wales, of course, I would say that out of the mall, he's probably got the name value. He's got the pump, obviously, we, um, we Eddie Hearn behind him and what have you. And there's other fights that you could probably make that would excite fans more so than a unification with Oshaki Foster. For example, there was talk about Javonta Tank Davis coming to the UK to fight. Now, okay, that is up a weight. But... Joe Cordina going up away to take on, or me, or even Javon. Javon was small. Javon, Javon could probably, if he's disciplined, could probably make Super Feather again. Of course he could. That Nick Ball coming up from Feather to Super Feather, Lee Wood, you know, now being, a, you know, in this in this mix, those fights are actually for me as a fight fan bigger and more attractive than a unification at the moment. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but you know, aside from Javonta, all those matchups you just named. 
no one in America is staying up till whatever time or or, or, or no one's yeah but are they are they for or Shaki Foster and Joe Cordina? I don't think they are. I don't know. Well, this was obviously in the. I think I guess this was in the Hulu. I doubt it was in the in the big room, no. wasn't it? Yeah, Madison yeah, yeah. Square Garden yeah. in the Hulu. So, but he's still main eventing on top rank on ESPN. This is his second or third consecutive main event now. Oshaki Foster. I'd argue he's the bigger name over in the US. I still think Navarrete is the marquee name in this weight division. But I think without Navarrete, the unification is the only thing that makes sense because. There's no standout star. And to be honest, you know, it's, it's easy for us to go, well, Joe Cordina is the pick of the bunch. Yeah, and I agree with that. I, yeah, I would say he's that. He's not star star, is he? He's but, not. But we're fucking yeah. biased. If you yeah, have someone in the US, they'd be like, no, oh, Shaki Foster, he beats Joe Cordina. Or, you know, such and such, yeah, he beats Joe Cordina or whatever. So there's a, there's a lot of good fights to be made in this division, but they're industry fights at the moment. So you haven't got that big cell name, which is obviously why, the likes of Cordina aren't talking about Oshaki Foster unifications necessarily. They're talking about a Lee Wood fight or they're talking about a Javonta Davis fight because those yeah. are the marquee names. Yeah. Um, Adrian Cariel in Seventy and the Singer. Just, just, sorry, just before we move on, um, we only because we mentioned him last week and he looked outstanding. Bruce, Car- Bruce Carrington is Mate, a serious shoo, shoo. fucking player. Shoo, shoo. Built. Shoo, 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 yeah. Yeah, he, he's a serious player. Shoe York, I think they were referring to it as, as right. on uh, Friday night. That's Welcome right. to Shoe York. Yeah. Mate, and the, the kid gets on the microphone and delivers a, a Mike Tyson, Sonny Liston, Jack Dempsey type of uh, spit that. Mate, it was cool, man. It was cool. Listen, obviously, you've ripped off the, the speech. I get it. Yeah. But he's a young kid coming through, and like you say, he looked really good, didn't he? He looked very good, you know, and, it, and he's an exciting addition to this feather, you know, to the featherweight division. We touched on it then. Some of the names that knock about are featherweight and some of the big fights out there. And he's ultimately knocking on the door for these fights for the Robbie Ramirez's and the fucking, you know, uh, Lopez's and the Nick Balls and the like him versus Raymond Ford down the lines, a massive fight for the US. So I know he's only 10 fights in at the moment, but. He's a he's a serious player. There was a lot of eyeballs in it, on him on Saturday night. A lot of people were tuning in, not necessarily for Oshaki Foster, but to see Carrington, who was I think he was voted ESPN's prospect of the year for last year. So there's a lot of eyeballs on him, and he's still getting in there, disposing of people and doing it in style, creating viral moments, you know, sports center moments. They call it in the US. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be definitely worth looking at looking out for this year. I think by the end of the year, Top Rank will get him a world title fight. If that's not in the top 10 most watched moments on Sports Center, I'll eat my hat. I love it when they I do eat that. My, I'll it. eat my schwitz. <laughs> uh, and then we have the rematch between Curiel and uh, Notzinger for the IBF uh, Flyweight Championship. This is obviously three months on uh, from that mm-hmm. second round upset. Nobody saw that upset coming, let's be honest. The South African, lots of hype about him. Very talented guy. We thought that he was going to go in there on that matchroom card and box the ears off uh, Curiel. Yeah, Curiel turned up, man. Delivered an absolute bomb in the second round and became world champion. Gets it, uh, and the rematch then obviously gets scheduled uh, for the weekend just gone. Um, and they deliver a form box fight. Go on, lads, don't it? How, how big's the ring? Twenty-two yeah. feet. Nah, let's just do it in a two-foot space, shall we? Go on then, Mate. head to head, head to head, and beat shit out of each other. The uh, that central area fight, by the way, in in that light heavyweight central area fight, the ring was smaller than this. It was like a post. It was like a fucking stamp. Honestly, I swear to God, the guys could have touched either rope. That's how small it was. It was <laughs> mental. But you're right. They used the same size ring here. The difference is this is like flyweights, so they look yeah. like little dots inside the ring. But I, listen, I, I, I thought the fight itself, as always, with like flyweights, like watching boxing fast forwards. The yeah. hand speed's fucking ridiculous. I thought Curiel looked brilliant. Confidence through the roof, flying. Boxing the head off, not singing. And I'm like, okay, sound. You do, lo- do it again. Now what yeah. you're doing is you put a lucky punch to one side and yep. going, re- rematch, get ready for the boxing lesson. And then at some point, not singing went full fucking Yoda use through the head on him. And after that, dominated the fight. Mad. Yeah. Listen, it, it, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because they were head to head. There was a lot of it. They were right up against each other, weren't they? And, and for those that haven't seen this yet, uh, he gets a point deducted. I think it's in the seventh round, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he gets a point deducted. It is a bit of back and forth. 
um, I've, I've kind of looked at it slightly differently. I think it's Curiel, like, like you just said, who was winning this fight up until he ends up getting stopped. Yeah. The the head clash head. I thought he, I thought Curiel won every round up until the headbutt, and then eight, nine, ten. I thought Notchinger came on strong, and then obviously got the finish. Yeah, maybe. I thought he was miles behind. And then, like you said, the head clash, the point deduction, right? So he's got he's got a point taken off him for the head thing, and then he he puts it on, um, and then I actually think he went a bit roped up in uh, in round number nine mm-hmm. to to beckon. Um, Curiel on because mm-hmm. he he wins it seven at ha- the, the head uh, clash happens eight yeah. I think not singer has his best moment of the fight That's and right. then in nine I think he goes he just takes a backward step because because it looks like Curiel's coming back on so I thought he just took his foot off the gas to try and rope it up in the touch and it kind of played out like that as we get into the the next stages where the, where the finish comes because then I think Curiel gassed himself he got he gone he gone a touch. And then Singer puts his foot down. I think the stoppage, if I'm honest, mate, is a bit soft mm. because he's throwing shots. He must throw about 10 shots and land one, maybe two of them. And ref's in there like fucking fast as fuck, isn't he? Way, there you go. End of. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's tight on Curiel. He, he was the home fighter, of course. Um, And he was, the, uh, when you look at the scorecards, he was down on the scorecards, wasn't he, the South African? I think he's 6 3 down on one. He's five four down on one. Oh, hang on, he's five four up on one of them. Maybe. Um, I didn't. I didn't see that. I thought Curiel no. was. I, I think six. I think six three downs fair. Yeah. Uh, where one of the judges had it six three down after nine. Um, listen, he get. He found a way, didn't he? I think, like I say, I think the stoppage is a bit soft. He doesn't. It looks like he's he's throwing shitloads, but how much is he landing? The kid's swaying out the way. He's. You know, he's catching a few. He does get clipped a couple of times. Yes, maybe the momentum of the fight has flipped. But come on, man. It's miles ahead. Yeah, I think I think the stoppage is a little bit soft on him. Yeah. Good luck with that referee getting out of that, getting out of that arena, stopping a Mexican that deep into a fight. I don't know. I wasn't, I'll be honest, I wasn't like screaming at the TV or anything like that. I, I get it. Disappointed for Curiel because he was well ahead on my scorecard, but the fight had turned back at that point. You know, I think Notchinger had won the last three rounds. He was coming on with momentum mm. and he, was, he, he wasn't he was firing back. So that's why he stepped in. I think there's one clear answer here and we all know what it is. Curiel won. Curiel won with a big knockout in the first fight. They rematched because they went lucky punch and he was boxing his head off until he got chinned or got stopped prematurely early, whichever way you want to look at it. There's got to be a part three. We need a definitive answer. We need a rubber match. We need one final fight. Um, what gear do you think Maurizio Lara fought in at the weekend? Because for me, man, he looks sluggish, dude. He looked yeah. really sluggish. Maurizio Lara's weird because he's gone from being the boogeyman of the featherweight division to now this weird super featherweight that looks like a shadow of a former self. He's I don't know young. whether that's young man. He, he looks know. about 40, but he, he he's still on the that's young. What I mean. <clears throat> and I don't know whether it's because you know, coming over to the UK, chinning world champions and making off with belts and then coming back for rematches and everything else. I hope it's true. Maybe Matrium put a lot of money in his pockets, and that wealth gives him a different type of security in his life now. Maybe he just hasn't got that desire that a bit that. Will to train as hard as he once was when he first turned up in the UK to take on Josh Warrington. With all due respect to the kid, he was like a fucking rabid dog. He was a monster. And now watching him at the weekend, I'm like, that can't be the same Maurizio Lara. It can't be. Yeah. Listen, he's he up in weight as well. He looks comfortable. He, he missed weight, didn't he, for the uh the second one with Lee Wood. Yeah. Um, he's now up in weight. Yeah. And he just looks sluggish, man. He does. He, he, he just... a super featherweight. He's a featherweight. Yeah. Yeah, I think they need to. Maybe he needs to have a chat with uh, Young Lad, nutritionist, or Shaki Foster. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe get a two. Maybe get Double a two deal. for one. Two for one. <laughs> yeah, get a two. Get a two for one, and they can get looked after. 
get on the old uh, chicken I think that's the problem when, when you've when you've traveled when you've been the traveling fighter the underdog the cha- the challenger then you win the belt then you get some money in the bank then maybe you you know I don't know Maurizio Lara's personal situation so he could be a fucking multi-millionaire before he put on the gloves but hazard a guess that he wasn't and hazard a guess mm. that he's now not necessarily fighting to put bread on the table he's fighting to you know, add to his legacy. And that's a different type of hunger. It's a different type of feeling, especially when you're going in there with guys who have never tasted a world title belt. And I think he's come into this fight going, yeah, just do Super Feather. I'm not making weight. Super Feather will be fine. And he was like, yeah, bring him in. He's had a couple of losses, Sand. I'll be all right. And he thought he could coast through it. And he's almost paid the ultimate price here with a split decision draw or a majority decision draw. So yeah. I think Lara's got to look at himself in the mirror, look at his team and go, have I achieved what I set out to achieve, i.e. financial security with a couple of big British paydays, or is there still some fire left in my belly to go? Because when he's on, Maurizio Lara is one of the most dangerous guys in and around these weight classes, but he was not on at the weekend at all. Yeah, uh, that's how your boxing shaped up at the weekend. Today, uh, Edinburgh, and then I think he's it Manchester, and then... Oh, Listen, it's the casual spend... tailor tour, isn't it? Yeah, mate, they're spending the week together, these dudes, because I know full well that they've got certain media obligations together uh, on Wednesday, uh, and that'll be in London. That should be fiery. Uh, they've got press conference in the northwest of England tomorrow, and today it's Edinburgh. Taylor Catterall, two is on. For those that missed our show last week when we were talking about this, uh, they're going to fight in Leeds, neutral territory, neutral grounds. Um, Leeds fans are in for a little bit of a treat. We know that they come out in their full force when Josh Warrington's at home and various others have fought there. So I imagine uh, that they'll be out in full force. I'm sure that the fans from Scotland will travel down and the fans from the northwest of England will travel across. Um, April 27th is the date, and they're going to be doing it at super lightweight, and it's going to drop on the zone. For those that don't know too much about this, I, I revealed all this on last week's show. Um, Sky made an offer. That offer was sound. The zone had matching rights with Eddie Hearn. Uh, and Eddie went, yeah, go on, then we'll match it. Sound job done. Uh, so it's all part of your normal subscription on the zone. That's where it's going to drop on April 27th. Leeds is a neutral territory. The reason for that is because Jack didn't want to go back to Scotland. Josh didn't want to go uh, to Manchester. Liverpool was already pre-booked. So they're going across to, uh, to <laughs> Leeds. There you go, man. Um, and it's not fair. These two just don't like each other. They, do, they genuinely don't like each other. You can get a, you can get an air sometimes when you're speaking to certain fighters and you think, all right, you're doing it for the show. You're doing it for the pump. You're selling. You're selling. There's nothing to sell here. There's no pay-per-view to sell. It's not on pay-per-view. This, <laughs> the, 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 this is a battle of them two. This is um, kind of... We've kind of landed here because I don't think there's anywhere really else to go for both guys. If, if we're all dead honest about it... Yeah. Um, Josh, if Josh Taylor beats Teofimo Lopez, he isn't here. What he's doing is probably activating WBO super champion status and trying to get Terence Crawford. That's probably yes. what he's doing. Um, so obviously losing to Teofimo Lopez, he finds himself in this situation. Um, he could move up in weight. Does he get a world title shot? No. Uh, against Terence Crawford, because Terence Crawford is looking towards maybe fighting a Canelo and what have you. So that welterweight situation is kind of tied up. Um and Jack Catterall, I think I don't I don't know if the matchroom move has worked out for Jack Catterall. Maybe it has financially, but I don't think it's worked out for him regarding fights. He was supposed to move across and fight Regis Progre. I don't think anybody's mourning too much from a fight fan point of view that Regis Progre and Devin Haney happened. But if you're Jack Catterall, you're thinking to yourself, well, hang on a minute, I came across for a title shot at 140. Um, and as soon as Devin Haney batted his eyelids at you, you, you went with him and, and not with me. I know that he was given the opportunity for a title eliminator, Richardson Hitchens, IBF title eliminator to go towards Subriel Matias, who is now, funnily enough, a matchroom fighter. Mm. With all due respect, who wants that? That's some fucking tough smoke, isn't it? Um, so there, were, there was that option on the table, but I think the biggest fight, from a fight fan point of view, is the is this particular rematch. And also from... Ju- yeah, I would, imagine, I, I would imagine so as well. I think... Uh, obviously, Jack wants to get in there and uh, and prove that what everybody says about the first fight was true, that it was, yeah. uh, he got a wrong decision. And from Josh's point of view, even though he got the win and he walks away and he's, his legacy is kind of assured as, 
he became undisputed champion. He went to America. He beat Ramirez. He's beaten Progress. He's beaten all these great guys at 140. I think he just needs to get this monkey off his back, doesn't he? I think he just needs to get this shadow diluted. And it is a shadow because people will consistently hold it against him, even though it's not his fault. It's the judges that made the decision on the, on the night. He just went out and fought. Um, I kind of like him, and it is him, stating we're doing it at 140. There's no excuse now. Mm-hmm. If he wins at 144, people will come in and say, well, you needed a catch weight to beat him. No, mate, we're doing it at super lightweight. This is where it's at. There is no excuses. Now, people will come at me and say, well, if he loses at 140, then he doesn't have a, he, he has his excuse of saying, well, my legs have gone. No, 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 no. You don't get an excuse. You've gone back to the scene of the crime. I said the scene of the crime. The weight of the crime, 140 pounds. Whatever happens, happens now. Job done. I'm delighted it's happening. I'm happy for both guys. I think they both need it. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to need some uh, good security this week because these two are oh, an oblique machine. There's going to be a few Fs and Jeffs, isn't there, uh, in Edinburgh and Manchester as these two uh, come clo- uh, nose to nose. Yeah, it's interesting that they, you know, it's it's a it's obviously a non-title fight this rematch, but they're doing a whole UK tour. It's obviously the zone see it as a, a massive subscription driver for them, or they'd be certainly be hoping that is the case. Uh, and I think it will be if it's marketed proper properly. The problem you've got is you need to try and lean on these new farm relationships that Mr. Turkey Al Sheikh is helping forge. And you've got to start, you've got to start, you know, pushing to fucking get them on Sky Sports News and to get them in everybody's eyeballs as much as possible. Because that's the only way you're going to drive people towards this fight is let them know it's actually happening. And that's always going to be the fundamental problem with the zone is that the marketing of the zone, maybe it's based on failed past relationships and people still feel bitter. There's got to be some more of a working relationship. We, we When the zone launched, we used to talk about it and we were like, well, what they're probably going to do is buy billboard space at Premier League games to promote it, Jordan Premier League matches, which are on Sky, which are on TNT, and then it becomes visible. But obviously that hasn't happened. That hasn't been the case. That hasn't been the strategy. So you still have a situation where fights are happening and schoolyard football pitch touchlines when you're chatting to people and you go, yeah, yeah, what, what's on this weekend? Oh, I'm looking forward to this world title fight. Where's, is that on? Who, where, where's that? Oh, it's on the zone. Oh, it's on the zone. Oh, that's why I've made about it then. That's still a fundamental problem. It's still very much an industry kind of platform. And for a fight of this magnitude, it needs eyeballs. It deserves eyeballs. It deserves as many eyeballs as possible. Mainstream eyeballs as well. So is there a deal to be done when it crosses over and it kind of sits on another platform as well? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm just spitballing at the moment. Well, but I, I you just want the promotion, don't you? You just want the promotion. I know that both of these guys are going to be at TalkSport on Wednesday. Yeah. So you've course. got you've got, you've got got your press conference, wherever that's going uh, uh, in Edinburgh. You've got your press conference in, uh, in Manchester. If you're a sports fan and you're driving up and down the country working – Whatever you're working on a on a Wednesday morning, the majority of sports fans are listening to Simon Jordan, aren't they, at ten o'clock in the morning? Yeah. So you stick these two on that program, you know. Yeah. Um, that's mainstream, and that point and that points people towards whatever it uh, wherever it's going to be broadcast, which is obviously the zone on April twenty seventh. Yeah. Um, as, I'm, as, I'm, in regards to the fight itself, uh, I'm absolutely cannot wait for it. And should it have happened a lot sooner? Yes. The belt should have still been on the line. I think Jack Catterall has been robbed of his opportunity and his success in Glasgow. You know, it's it. Sometimes I, I do feel sorry for Josh Taylor. I really do because Josh Taylor was our favorite British fighter right up until the fact that the scorecards were read out on that night. And had he lost that night and lost his titles to Jack Catterall, we would have absolutely seen a rematch. And Josh Taylor's entire career would not have any blemishes whatsoever. He's never done anything wrong in the ring. But Josh Taylor's reaction in the aftermath and running away from the Cattle rematch, which he should have just done, running away from it to do other things, and now having to come back to it, go full circle. And even though he's the king player here, he's had to come back to Jack Cattle cap in hand to go, I ain't getting anything else. This is my biggest payday, so let's do the rematch then. I just think all that is his reputation has suffered because of that. It's such a shame. Yeah. It's such a shame. 
Because I, I, listen, fighting, the guy is an incredible champion. Never walked away from a fight. Did it the hard way. Unified the belts. Again, he was our favorite British fighter. He was the guy at the top of the tree. And that night, those judges' scorecards, those top-ranked scorecards, just completely and utterly cast a shade over his whole career. And it's not fair on him. But he has to take some responsibility. He ran away from the rematch. He hid behind those scorecards for a long time. Regardless, that's all superfluous now. We're going to get the rematch. We're going to get a definitive answer. But I think it's just as interesting. Even though a lot of fights, sometimes the rematch takes a few years to come together. And when it does when it does happen, or even the first fight, they both pass their best. They both pass the sell-by date. I don't think that's the case here. I think Tiafimo Lopez was outstanding against Josh Taylor. And he got beat on the night by a better man. There's no, no shame in that whatsoever. But I think Josh is just as capable of turning it on. Jack Cattrall, king of the Who Needs Him club. Jack Cattrall loses this. His entire career becomes a yeah. sideshow. Yeah. He won't get a world title fight. There's a lot of risk here for Jack Cattrall. If he loses to Josh Taylor in this rematch, the first fight's forgotten about. And the king of the Who Needs Him club will never get an opportunity ever again. It's a lot on the line. Yeah, just just on what you've said about Josh there, I don't think he ran away from it, mate. I think he, he did what he was told. We, we did, a, did a big deep dive into that fight, didn't we? We know that there were a lot of things that happened behind the scenes, completely out of the hands of Josh Taylor. All he did, he turned up and had a fight, right? And he had his hand raised at the end of it. The majority of us would conclude he didn't win the fight. And there's loads of reasons that we did a deep Big deep dive from sanctioning bodies, from the British Boxing Board of Control, from top rank, the promoter, all the things that they did along the way to lead us to that point, to the extent where a WBO vacant title was already booked. Tiafimo Lopez was already on his way to be fighting, regardless of what the result was going to be. You know, WBO Superbelt presented to Josh Taylor on the Friday to say, listen, man, you could go up, you're a champ, so you could go up to 147 whenever you want to go up. There was loads of things along the way that Josh Taylor was absolutely nothing to do with. And obviously, I personally believe that if you think about that fight again, the original, he only did it as a thank you because Jack Cattrall stepped aside to allow Josh Taylor to go and fight Ramirez because yeah, he was called as a man. You yeah. can't call it a thank you. That was the deal. I'll step aside Mate, as long as you give me first He could have fucked it off. Mate, he could have fucked it off. He could have yeah, fucked just, yeah, wait, just, just let me finish. Let, no, no, let me finish, right? He's he's become undisputed champion because Jack Cattrall allowed him to go and be uh, undisputed champion, yeah? Because yeah. the WBO had called the mandatory. So as soon as he's an undisputed champion, he could have thrown the belts. He didn't have to go and fight Jack Cattrall. So, yeah, just... he, so he went and fought Jack Cattrall. I don't think he really wanted to do it, and that's kind of the performance that we ended up getting on that night, didn't we? And because it was done, he has his hand raised. We've I've just pointed out all the things behind the scenes, promoters and all these other people that were involved in his camp were saying, we're going in this direction, mate. Fuck that. Don't worry about that. We're going in this direction. He knew the noise. You know Josh Taylor. You know him. He texted that he, he would have wanted to sort that situation out. Yeah. He was pointed in a direction and he went in a direction. Okay, we've ended up back here now. Don't get me wrong. Some of the reaction that Josh Taylor has put out on his social media, the way that he's interviewed, the way that he's reacted to me, the way that he's blamed me for certain things. I disagree with him. But kind of knowing him as the character from before that fight, interviewing him and spending a bit of time with him, I think he would have wanted to write that straight away. Yeah. But he was pointed in a different direction. Now, we end up here because we're kind of forced to be here. As I said of two course. minutes ago, if he beats Tiafimo Lopez, we're not, we're not talking about Jack Cattrall. We're talking about Terence Crawford. We're talking about other dudes that... Devin Ernie's. We're talking about them guys, aren't we? But he got beat off Tiafimo, and we find ourselves in this situation. Now, back to what you just said about Jack. This is it, mate. This is it. You, you, you lose here. Where, where do we go? Mm -hmm. he, has, he has to win this fight, and he has to win it... Well, he, in my opinion, he won it conclusively the first time. He has to do the same, a similar thing. He has to go out there and he has to beat Josh Taylor. If he doesn't yeah. beat Josh Taylor in this fight, fucking hell, I don't know where he goes. No. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. In terms of Josh Taylor, though, 
I'm not giving him a free pass in that manner. He's a man. He's a fighting man. He That's got fair. himself to a situation where he unified those belts on his own back, taking the toughest possible fight. Even before he won a world title fight, every fight he'd get, we'd be like, fucking hell, did the McGuigan's not like Josh? Because it was a step up, a step up, a step up. It was what we see a lot now with these former Olympians coming through, 10 fights in, right, former world champions, real world champions, world title fights. Josh Taylor kind of blazed that trail, and he mm. was the kingpin. He was the So when we got to a point where he went, right, listen, I'm a man of my word, and he, is a man of, he was a man of his word. You stepped aside, so it's not like, oh, go on then, I'll give you a defense. No, man, I made a promise, and as a man, I will honor that promise. You stepped aside. You stepped. Let's make that clear. Josh Taylor became unified champion of the world because Jack Cattrall agreed to go, go on then, I will waive my world title fight for you to go and achieve your dreams as long as you then let me fight for my dreams against you. So it was a deal done. It wasn't a case of Josh going, go on, I'll throw you a bone. Nah, man, you would never have had undisputed status if Josh Correct. Just, if Jack had just gone, you know what, Josh, fuck off, I'm going for the world title and then fight me for undisputed. So that situation, that first fight, had to happen because that's who Josh is. If he'd have walked away then, he wouldn't have been able to live with himself. Now, my point is, there was so much noise on the night. The Scottish fans booing the decision was the clearest indicator yet that all something was not right. Something was rotten in the state of Denmark. And in the aftermath, by allowing top rank executives, by allowing the people around them to go, don't worry, that noise will die down. Let's just go this way. Josh Taylor did the one thing that I didn't think he would ever do. Because like, let's not forget, Josh Taylor got to a point because the McGuigans got him there. But then when Josh Taylor looked around, he went, wait a minute, these people aren't here for me. I want to make a decision. And he took control of his career and said, right, I'm leaving the McGuigans. I'm going to sign with top rank. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go in a different direction because this is my life, my career, and I will make the decisions. But in the aftermath of Jack Cattrall fights, he didn't do that. He didn't take that responsibility. He allowed himself to be pushed down a different direction. And that is not the Josh Taylor we thought we had. And I think a lot of that now is coming back where it's like, well, now you've got no choice. Now you've had to come back. to the. He should have settled this once and for all. He should have said to top rank, hey, Bob Adam, everybody else, you motherfuckers work for me. And I can't live with that. I can't live with Scottish fans booing me. You're joking, aren't you? I don't care what your plans are. Get me Jack Cattrall back in a ring right now. I'm going to put that wrong right. That's what he should have done. That's what his career led towards. That's the Josh Taylor we thought we had. And because he didn't do that, it was like, oh, my God. Are you the guy we thought you were? There's so much on the line in this. Honestly, I can't wait for this rematch. I really can't. Because for Josh Taylor, it's revenge. It's vindication. It's everything he said. I was had. He beat me on my worst night and I still got my arm raised. Well, let's see you on your best night against them. And for Jack Cattrall, there ain't no Sunday morning. You nope. lose to Josh Taylor and Leeds, mate. You become the forgotten man of boxing. So much on the line for him. It's fascinating. Do you think they'll uh, split the crowd like they do when it were Warrington Wood? Do you think they'll do a, like so. a, fo a football thing, half and half? Mate, I hope so, because I was sitting half a dozen rows from the ring in uh, in in Sheffield, and it was fucking perfect, because I seemed to be on, like, the dividing line. It was mega. So, to me, left over here they did was it, Leeds. They did it with Wood and uh, Conlon as well, didn't they? Did they do it with them? Did they split yeah. that one? I, I, I wasn't at Wood, Conlon, but Warrington Leeds was to me left, Nottingham and Wood was to me right. And the atmosphere was unbelievable, absolutely mega. And I think they should do a similar thing, but obviously, oh, honestly, Leeds is going to be absolutely rocking, absolutely rocking. I can't wait for it already. Just a minute. If if I'm, I don't know what the situation is regarding the broadcast. If I'm not working that, I'll probably buy a ticket and go mm -hmm. because it's just. Yeah. If you're not into that, why are you watching boxing? It's just <laughs> it's got everything on it. It's just exactly. got everything. It's got genuine so bad much, blood. They don't so like each other. Bad blood under, there's yeah. so much undertone of bad blood there. No one's feeling their way into that fight. There ain't going to be like a first round. Go on, let's see uh, what... No. Josh Taylor's going to want to rip Jack Cattrall's head off. And Jack Cattrall, whose entire potential world-class career has been stalled because of what happened in Glasgow. Because he was robbed that night in Glasgow. 
mate, these two are going to fucking absolutely fly at each other. Fireworks from the first bell. It's going to be <laughs> Do you think? Right, you've got Joe Mack in one corner. You've got Jamie Moore in the other, right? Two fucking top geezers. Absolute yeah. top fellas. They've awesome. forgotten more about boxing than any of us will ever know, right? They're going to be in the changing room going, right, you've got to keep your head early doors, man. It's going to be fucking bouncing. It's going to be fucking bouncing out there, yeah. Keep your head. Keep your head. Nice and cool. Cool heads in the kitchen and all that type of stuff. Fire in the belly, all this. All these words. And then the minute the bell goes, both of them are just going to go, fuck off. Bang straight out. It is. <laughs> both corners are going to be pulling their hair out going, what are you doing? What are exactly. you doing? Just, just having a street fight. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and you're right. Like Joe Mack and, and Jamie Moore, I've known them both for an awful long time. I covered all of Jamie's career and Joe Mack. I was there when he became an ABA champion. Um, the two of the nicest fellas in boxing, two of the sharpest minds in boxing. They live, eat and, eat and breathe and, and spit and sweat this sport like no other. And they're part of this new generation of young coaches coming through, making real inroads in the sport. And they've got two of the best British fighters on the planet in either corner. Honestly, <clears throat> even though Jack Castle won that first fight, even if they'd rematched six months later, never mind three years later, whatever it is, I still don't know who's going to win. I honestly do think Josh Taylor undervalued Jack Cattrall's ability. Yeah. But then there's also an element of Jack Cattrall went into that first world right. title fight, undisputed, away from home. There's always going to be doubts in his mind as well. So I think we're going to get a better version of Jack Cattrall. I think we're going to get a better version of Josh Taylor. And I still don't know who's going to win. It's, it's Honestly, I think it's a brilliant fight. And I just hope, hope beyond hope, that subscriptions for the zone go through the roof. Purely based on the fact that I want everyone to see it. I want everyone to see it because I think it's going to be a magnificent... The the week leading up to it isn't going to be good for British boxing because there's going to be no. quite a lot of cursing and swearing and, you know... Mate, these three days, these else. three days this week aren't going to be that good. <laughs> but when that bell goes, mate, yeah. it's going to be a street fight. And deep down inside us, we all love a bit we of a street it. fight, don't we? We all want a street fight. We all want it. Uh, there you have it. That's how the week's looking. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday for pre to preview some action that's coming up this weekend. So make sure you come and join us for that. You can subscribe to us via our website, fightdisciples.com. And our YouTube channel is Fight Disciples. Go and get yourself stuck in. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.